welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Outside the Shoe. I'm Jeff Hammersley. On this episode, once again, Meredith Hine is here to talk about men's lacrosse, the Buckeyes men's lacrosse season. Uh, the regular season, at least, has come to an end, and not in a good way if you're, you are an Ohio State men's lacrosse supporter. But before we begin, Meredith Hine with us here, our resident men's lacrosse expert. Meredith, how are you doing today? Hello. Little bummed about lacrosse but otherwise good <laughs> well that's good at least uh but yeah the the big thing here men's lacrosse they played michigan on the road last weekend uh michigan not doing so hot on the year entering the contest at three and nine uh i think a lot of people thought ohio state was going to be the favorite in that game the buckeyes were eight and three trying to get that second win in the big 10 and that just did not happen the wolverines picking up a 13 10 win in Ann Arbor last weekend. Uh, Meredith, in that game, what went wrong for the Buckeyes? You know, it really did look like almost an assured win for Ohio State heading into the game. But as you know, in rivalry games, nothing is ever a sure thing. Uh, first of all, uh, Trey LeClaire was out for the game due to injury. He had sustained during practice earlier in the week. So that was a huge loss uh, in terms of a weapon on attack. Obviously, a number of folks, uh, including Jackson Reed, uh, were able to step up to fill the void. But Michigan's 13 goals that they scored was the most that they've scored in conference play all season long. The big problem, as we saw against Maryland as well, was that Ohio State was unable to win the first half and was unable to make up for it in the second half. A four-goal deficit at the half was a lot, especially when you're on the road against a rival. Yeah, absolutely, Meredith. That game for the Buckeyes, looking at the the score by period in the first half, it was eight to four in favor of Michigan at the end of the first period. Ohio State was only down one four three, but getting outscored four to one in the second. And then in the second half, they made up a little ground, uh, but still, even though they won the margin of scoring six to five, they lost the game thirteen ten overall. Shots weren't a problem for Ohio State with a forty two to twenty eight advantage against the Wolverines. Uh, ground balls, 43-21 to 21 in favor of Ohio State. So the Buckeyes, definitely statistical, at least in the box score, outside of the final score, a lot of categories they won. But it's just, it's just a surprise to me that they lost a game that really, if they wanted to get into the Big Ten uh, tournament, they needed to win that, and they just didn't do that. Yeah, so looking at the stats initially, it really does look like Ohio State matched up well against Michigan. You had 42 shots. Uh, but really only 19 of those shots were actually on goal. So you're looking at pretty inaccurate shooting overall for the Ohio State attack. Then you consider the fact that Ohio State had just six saves on the day. That's a season low for the team. So Michigan was really able to exploit the Ohio State defense in a way that no one else has been able to thus far this season. Again, with the loss of LeClaire and not having that leader on attack, and not being able to really have that force uh, to match up against Michigan's defense, I think was really what did them in. Yeah, absolutely, Meredith. I, needing your top scorer on the team, Trey LeClaire, on the year, the only 30-goal scorer on the squad with 34. Jackson Reed is in second with 29. But overall, LeClaire not in the scoring category. Michigan had multiple guys bring in a couple goals. Uh, Brent Noseworthy had three. Bryce Clay had three. The Buckeyes, Jackson Reed carried the team with five. Jack Myers with two. Colby Smith with, with two. And Johnny Wiseman with one. Claire, Claire in that game probably would have been the difference maker. But if there is any consolation for Ohio State, it is that they've, there's quite a few players on the team 
that were all conference worthy. Uh, looking at some of the awards that were handed out throughout the week, Justin Anasio was the co-specialist of the year, picked up all Big Ten second team honors. Last season was a Big Ten freshman of the year. Ryan Tarafanko, the junior, all Big Ten first team. Trey LeClaire, all Big Ten second team. And Logan McConney, the OSU sportsman honoree, excuse me, OSU sportsmanship honoree. But with those guys, uh, through this 12-game season, an 8-4 and four mark, 1-4 and four in the Big Ten. Uh, overall, they started off great at going 7-0 and on the season, had a big win at Notre Dame. Things fell apart in Big Ten play. But through looking at the whole season as a whole, how impressive were these guys to you, Meredith, throughout the season? It's like you just said. They were uh, all Big Ten honorees, all conference honorees, um, and they really were bright spots throughout the entire season. Justin Inacio, even in the loss to Michigan, won greater than 90% of his face-offs. Trey LeClaire is one of the top scorers nationally. And then you look at Ryan Tarafanko and Logan McConney, who are winning awards. They're, they're still bright spots who are uh, supporting the defense as well. I think that, you know, a couple other players that you didn't necessarily mention uh, have also been able to uh, rise throughout this season to become very strong. Jack Myers, who had two goals against Michigan, is one that comes to mind. That cast of characters for Ohio State kept them alive this season. I would figure those those four weren't part of the squad or weren't as productive. The Buckeyes would have been a lot, struggling a lot more this season. But for the Buckeyes this season, NCAA championship appearance, very much on life support. They're going to need a lot of help in their side. But let's say the season has come to a close. Let's say the Buckeyes are done. Uh, what does the outlook look like for next year? Uh, for this Ohio State team? So you're losing five seniors. From a pure numbers perspective, that's not terrible, but some of those folks are obviously hugely important. Jack Dzinski is going to be a huge loss moving forward. Matt Borges on defense is going to be another big loss. Um, However, there's a lot to be excited about heading into next year. You still have Trey LeClaire coming back for his senior season. You have Jack Myers, who's been outstanding as a freshman coming back for his sophomore season, and Jackson Reed coming back for his junior year. You know, again, I mentioned the losses in the midfield in terms of Jack Dzinski. You're still returning Justin Inacio at faceoffs, um, and we can only expect him to continue to improve and to be that great faceoff specialist that's really helped spur the Ohio State attack this season. Yeah, Meredith, that's the big thing. I think for Ohio State fans, looking at the future, uh, looking at what pieces are in play right now, that is the uh, the big, I would say, at least for me, kind of the big questions going into the, 20, uh, I would say the, the 2020 season in a way. So the Big Ten Championships taking place this weekend in New Jersey. Number one seed Penn State takes on number four seed, surprisingly, Rutgers. Johns Hopkins, the two, Maryland, the three. Three of those four teams we're used to seeing as being the men's lacrosse kind of dominant teams. Rutgers sneaking up as the number four this time around. Next season, will Ohio State, will these three, four, three, and four teams be a big factor as the Buckeyes try to get back into the Big Ten tournament and NCAA championship picture? Absolutely. Uh, It's in the same way that the Big Ten East has really been dominated by Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in recent years, and that's become a common theme. You can think of it the same way in men's lacrosse. Penn State has really emerged as an outstanding team, number one nationally, ranked number one throughout most of this season. 
Then you have Johns Hopkins and Maryland who joined the Big Ten late, have always been lacrosse flowers. Maryland obviously having won national championships in recent years. Um, and then Rutgers, as you said, a newcomer, really a surprise this year. Uh, and really it's going to be Ohio State and Rutgers competing for that last spot in, in the Big Ten tournament in years to come, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely, Meredith. This season, uh, going into the Michigan game, Ohio State needed that win against Michigan and some help from Johns Hopkins to try to actually slip in to that Big Ten tournament picture. It didn't go down that way. But certainly going into next season, Ohio State, a lot to be looking forward to and to try to get back on the, the lacrosse world in the Big Ten and in the NCAA. So with that, that concludes this episode of, of a mini episode of Outside the Shoe. I'm Jeff Hammersley. Meredith Hind with us to talk men's across. Meredith, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And that concludes this episode. We'll come back next week to do baseball as the baseball team has had some schedule changes. The Tuesday contest earlier in the week against Miami, Ohio, canceled because of rain. Uh, that game will not be made up, but there's a weekend series coming up. And so once again, thank you for listening to this edition of Outside the Shoe. Outside the Shoe.